Well, good morning, Emmanuel English Church. It's a great privilege to be able to be with you this morning to uh, minister God's word. Very um, thankful for your warm welcome, and it has really been great um, to get to know Pastor uh, Evangel uh, over the last couple of years. Obviously, this morning, I uh, really wish that I could be with you actually in person, but of course, that has not been possible. And um, so I, I need to, to be with you uh, online instead. And I'm very grateful for the technology which allows us to be doing this. Well, this morning, I would like us to begin with a very straightforward question, really, which is, why are we here? Why are we here? I guess we could ask this as a local church uh, in Hong Kong. Why are we in Hong Kong? Uh, why do we exist as a local church in Hong Kong? I really don't know very much about Emmanuel English Church, but one thing I do know for sure is that the Lord has plans and purposes for you. Um, and so what are they? Why are you here? I guess this is also a question that many of us could ask as individuals. Why are we here? Uh, why are we here in Hong Kong? I guess historically, many people have come to Hong Kong to work or to maybe spend more time with their relatives. Uh, other people, of course, were born in Hong Kong and have not ever left. Uh, but no matter who we are, we need to ask the question, why am I here? Uh, what plans and purposes has God got for me? There may even be someone who's listening to me this morning and you're thinking about leaving Hong Kong at the moment. And I guess for you, the question is, well, why am I anywhere at all? Um, what am I doing with my life? Perhaps at this time of COVID restrictions, there are many of you are asking, well, uh, why are we here? Uh, what plans and purposes uh, has God got for us in, in this particular season? Well, all of those are really great questions to be asking this morning, and I believe that we get some really good answers to them from, this, from these opening verses of the book of Acts. So the book of Acts was written by Luke, um, who also wrote Luke's gospel. Uh, we can see that in verse one, where he refers to his former book. Uh, and Luke there is referring back to his gospel uh, that he's already written. And we can also see in verse one that he's writing for someone called Theophilus, uh, who is his wealthy patron. And um, Theophilus was probably a younger Christian uh, who needed some reassurance and encouragement in the faith. And so really, Luke intended Acts to be volume two. Uh, volume one was Luke's gospel, uh, which takes us up to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now he writes volume two, the book of Acts, uh, which is what Jesus continued to do through the apostles and the Holy Spirit and the spread of the gospel in the ancient world. And so for us then this morning, the book of Acts is really helpful. It's the only book that we've actually got in the New Testament, which chronicles the history of the early church. Uh, it also helps us to understand our place in the world and our role if we are, are Christians. Uh, it exposes us to God's plans and purposes and helps us, therefore, to bring our lives into line with them. Uh, in many ways, these are, are opening verses which we read a few moments ago. They set the scene for the rest of the book by introducing us to God's mission and his plans for his people. And uh, so I'd really like us to look at two questions uh, this morning, and they are, uh, what is the mission? Uh, what are God's plans and purposes for us? And then also, uh, why can we be confident about God's mission 
And hopefully if you were able to look at the um, handout that was uh, available on your uh, website, you can see those two points there. So number one then, uh, what is the mission? So in verse one to five of our passage this morning, Luke basically gives us a summary of the end of his gospel. So remember that Jesus has just risen from the dead. And in uh, Acts 1 verse 3, we read that now he's teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God. Then a little bit further down in verse 6, his disciples come together and they ask him a question. Uh, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And so it seems that Jesus' disciples are a little bit confused about what the mission really is. And so they basically asked Jesus, are you going to bring about the end right now? That's what they were really asking here. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They know that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so they assume that the next big thing on Jesus' program is to finally bring his kingdom in. And so they ask him, are you going to bring about the end right now, Jesus? Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And so Jesus responds to them and their question. And he says that they have misunderstood at least two things. Uh, first of all, Jesus says that they've misunderstood the timing of the kingdom. So we can see this in verse seven, where uh, Jesus says um, to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. And so Jesus is really saying here that God is in control. Uh, God has a plan, but yet there are some things that are not for us to know. And one of them is the exact date and time when he will finally bring his kingdom in. And so, first of all, the um, disciples have misunderstood the timing of the kingdom. Um, the other thing that they've misunderstood, I think, is the nature of the kingdom. Uh, the question reveals that they were sort of looking for uh, the restoration of the physical kingdom of Israel, probably uh, harking back to those uh, times in the Old Testament that uh, speak of the great empire, maybe, of someone like King David or King Solomon. Uh, but yet Jesus here seems to redirect their expectations a bit. Uh, he says that uh, the kingdom that he came to bring in is not political and focused on the Jews, but is actually primarily spiritual and is open to all people everywhere. It hasn't just got ethnic Israel in view, but rather the nations and the ends of the earth. And so we come then to um, verse 8, where Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so here we see what the mission is. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. And we also see where the mission will take place. Jesus says that his followers will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I'm sure you will all know what a witness is. A witness is someone who sees or experiences something and then speaks to others ab about it. And so if we think about a witness in a court of law, for instance, that's usually someone who has seen or experienced a crime uh, or a particular event, and they are therefore equipped and qualified uh, to give evidence about it to other people. So for the apostles here, um, Jesus' first disciples, they, of course, have been witnesses to Jesus' life 
death and resurrection. And uh, so therefore they were reliably equipped to testify to others about the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's their role uh, as we see it uh, unpacked throughout the book of Acts. As the Apostle Peter will say later on, so Acts chapter 4, verse 20, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now, for you and me, of course, uh, we are, are not witnesses to the physical life of Christ in the same way that they were. But we are witnesses to the gospel and all that Jesus has done for us, forgiving our sins, uh, reconciling us to God, granting us new life. Uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are witnesses to these things. And so for everyone who is a Christian, therefore, we are to be witnesses for Christ. Uh, We are to be part of Jesus' mission, called to be witnesses for him as the gospel spreads to the ends of the earth. Uh, This command, you will be my witnesses, therefore, it's not just for those first apostles, but it's also for you and me as well. It's for each one of us as we uh, bear witness to Christ and who he is. It's what we are to be about as a local church. It's also what we are to be about as individuals. And then, of course, uh, many people have noticed that uh, this verse is basically a table of contents for the rest of the book of Acts. So the book of Acts is all about the progress of the gospel. And uh, this uh, verse really charts that progress uh, as it takes place. Uh, You can maybe see uh, how this works there on your screens. And so uh, chapters one to seven of Acts are all about the gospel spreading from Jerusalem uh, to Judea. Then uh, chapters eight to 12 of Acts are all about the gospel spreading to Samaria. And then finally, chapters 13 to 28 are really all about the ends of the earth. Uh, The book ends, of course, with the Apostle Paul in Rome, right at the heart of the Roman Empire, teaching about the kingdom, which really sort of uh, symbolizes uh, the gospel going to the nations. And so I think uh, here we see something of our mission, both uh, individually and also as local churches uh, as well. Uh, If we ask the the question, uh, why does Emmanuel English Church exist? Or why am I here in Hong Kong? Or why am I in my particular workplace? Then at least part of the answer is to be a witness for Christ as part of God's plan to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, We're not just here to earn money or to take care of our families or to be personally fulfilled, although all of those things are important. Uh, The reason we are here is to be witnesses for Christ and to testify about who he is. Now, uh, this uh, verse, Acts 1 verse 8, of course, has often been applied to missions, uh, to either go as missionaries ourselves or or to be very supportive of other people who are maybe going as missionaries. And uh, I think that's exactly right. But there is also a very special way, I think, that these verses can apply to us here in Hong Kong, because in some ways the ends of the earth have actually come here to where we are. You see, for many of us, we don't need to go to the ends of the earth because the ends of the earth have quite literally come to us here, um, even at a time of COVID. Many of you, for instance, will work or will socialize with people from many different nations. Uh, Our circumstances will all be different. But if I think about the block where I live, uh, there are people in there from India, people there from mainland China and the UK and Sweden and Australia and New Zealand. 
You don't need to go all that far in Hong Kong to find people from places like Nepal or Indonesia or the Philippines and Japan and Malaysia and Singapore and uh, lots of other countries as well. Uh, we don't need to go to the ends of the earth because there's one sense in which the ends of the earth have come to us here in Hong Kong. And of course, this uh, presents some amazing opportunities for us. Um, to give one example of that, uh, at Ambassador a couple of years ago, we baptized a young man called Eugene, uh, who's from Uzbekistan. Uh, now, the chances of me going to Uzbekistan to find somebody like Eugene to encouraging him in his Christian faith are practically zero. But yet God in his providence brought Eugene to Hong Kong and God in his providence has brought many people like Eugene to Hong, Hong Kong. Uh, we, we are surrounded by people from all kinds of nations, uh, which are greater opportunities for us if we will only lift up our eyes, not just for enriching relationships and enriching friendships with them, but also to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And so really that's the um, first big application question for us this morning. Are we willing to be witnesses for Christ uh, to the ends of the earth? However, if that is our mission, I wonder how you feel about it. Well, I'm sure that many of us might feel ill-equipped. Uh, we might feel nervous. We worry, perhaps, that somebody might ask us a question that we don't know the answer to. We wonder that we might not know the words or they might come out the wrong way. Uh, or we maybe just feel that we're not strong enough in our own Christian faith um, to ever really think about actually sharing it uh, with confidence with anyone else. Uh, I was reading an example a couple of weeks ago from the life of John Bunyan, uh, who wrote a book called Pilgrim's Progress, and he lived in uh, England uh, back in the 1600s. And a key moment in the conversion of John Bunyan was uh, when he went to market one day and he was walking past a group of poor women who were doing their laundry. And he stopped and uh, listened to their conversation as they talked. And they were basically talking about the work of God and what it meant to be a Christian and how God loved them by sending Jesus to die for them on the cross, uh, even although they were so unworthy. And uh, their conversation basically had a deep impact on Bunyan as he listened. Uh, he later said that they spoke with joy, and for him, it was as though they had found a new world. And of course, one thing eventually led to the other, and uh, he sought out a pastor and uh, later on became a Christian. But it all started off with that group of very ordinary poor women who were talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, they could have been gossiping. They could have been uh, moaning about their lives. They could have been moaning about the weather or maybe the latest COVID regulations. Uh, but instead, they were being witnesses. They were speaking about Jesus in ordinary ways that God used to bring somebody to a relationship with himself. However, I think it's often the case, though, that we do feel nervous. Uh, we often feel our own shortcomings such that we're really not sure about our involvement in God's mission. Well, if that's the case, then uh, the rest of our passage has some really good news for us because it says that God knows how we feel and he has given us the resources that we need. And so let's move on then to look at, at question number two, which is why can we be confident about God's mission. And uh, here we will see that this passage gives us three big encouragements 
or reassurances as we get on board with Jesus' mission to the nations. So then uh, encouragement number one is, I think, the plan of the Father. So really Luke wants to reassure us that when we are Christ's witnesses, we are taking part in God's great plan of salvation. And uh, we, we, we can see this uh, plan referenced in a number of different ways in these verses. Uh, so first of all, in verse four, Jesus tells the disciples to wait for the gift my father promised, uh, referring, of course, to the, the Holy Spirit uh, who would later come on the day of Pentecost. Then uh, a little bit further down in verse seven, Jesus reminds his disciples that it's not for them to know the times or dates that the father has set by his own authority. Uh, and again, this shows us that God has a plan. God is working his purposes out, which includes the spread of the gospel to all nations. Uh, history has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, history has an author and a plot. And the plot of history is that God is redeeming a people from the nations to be his very own. Uh, actually, really, throughout the whole book of Acts, we see many allusions and quotations from the Old Testament, and that's intentional. You see, Luke wants to show us that everything that is happening uh, in the spread of the gospel is part of God's plan that has already been foretold. Uh, this is meant to be reassuring for us that when we tell others about Jesus, we aren't doing something that is strange or weird. Rather, we can have confidence because what we are doing is all part of God's plan for the world and the direction that it is headed. Uh, I think uh, we can uh, um, pick up on a good example of that here. So verse 8, again, speaks about Jesus' followers being his witnesses to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the reference there to the ends of the earth almost definitely comes from a verse in the Old Testament from Isaiah 49 and verse 6. Uh, so this is God, and he's speaking to his uh, servant, and he says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so God is speaking to his servant, and he says, I'm not only going to use you to restore Israel, you will also be a light to the Gentiles or non-Jews so that my salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. And so this is really God saying that it's his plan for the gospel to be preached to the ends of the earth. That was prophesied back in Isaiah and Acts. I very much uh, sees the fulfillment of that prophecy. And there's many, many examples like this uh, that we could give from the Old Testament. And so how can we be confident witnesses for Christ? How can I be faithful in witnessing to that Nepalese security guard or that uh, refugee or that asylum seeker who I have got to know? Well, we know that the Father's plan is for the gospel to be preached to the ends of the earth, which uh, includes nations like Nepal. Then really the next encouragement for us as we take part in our mission uh, is the reign of the son. And I think this is really the main point of the uh, account of the ascension that we see in verse 9 to 11. So in verse 9, we see that Jesus was taken up into heaven 
previously, Jesus has been raised from the dead. We see that back in verse three and had given the people around him many convincing proofs that he was alive. And so now Jesus ascends to the right hand of his father from where he continues to reign. Uh, maybe the disciples were scared. Uh, maybe they were nervous about how on earth they would cope on their own with Jesus' mission uh, after Jesus uh, had gone. But Luke says, don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus may not be physically with you any longer, but yet he continues to reign over the whole enterprise. He is alive. He is the one who is reigning over the nations from heaven right now. And again, this is uh, something that uh, we see continue to be unpacked uh, throughout the rest of the book of Acts. Jesus continues to reign. Uh, we see this later on in, in chapter one, for instance, where the disciples pray to the risen Lord to help them, help, help them find a replacement uh, for Judas Iscariot. Uh, we see it again later on in Acts where both Stephen and Paul look up and they see the risen Lord Jesus in heaven. Uh, the whole point is that Jesus is alive and he continues to be active uh, in the lives of his people on earth. Again, this is uh, meant to be, I think, a great reassurance for us uh, if we are God's people this morning. Uh, would it help you to be more confident, to be known as a Christian in your workplace if you knew that Jesus was alive and reigning over all? Well, according to God's word, Jesus is alive and Jesus continues to reign over all. And uh, therefore, that should give us great courage. And then one day, um, Jesus will return. We know that the mission, we know that God's mission will ultimately be successful because one day Jesus will come back. So the disciples, well, they're obviously looking a little bit lost and they're all standing around sort of gazing up at the sky, uh, wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, when all of a sudden these two angels come and stand beside them and these angels say, uh, verse 11, men of Galilee, they said, oh, why do you stand here looking into the, the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And so Jesus will return. In essence, these angels are really saying, what are you guys looking at? You have a job to be getting on with. There is work to be accomplished. Don't waste your time just looking up at this sky. Get on with the job of being witnesses for Christ. Uh, one day Jesus will return. The mission will be brought to completion, but now is the time for action and preaching the gospel to all nations. At uh, various times, I guess, uh, Christians can spend lots of their time sort of speculating about the second coming of Christ, uh, wondering whether COVID is to be found somewhere in the Bible, for instance, or maybe trying to analyze the politics of the Middle East, or, or maybe trying to line up what we hear about in the news with sort of obscure passages from the book of Revelation. But yet here, Jesus is clear that it's not for us to know the times or the seasons, but we do have a job to be getting on with, which is the job of being Christ's witnesses to the nations. I suppose it's a little bit like, for those of you who are school teachers, uh, if you can remember a time when you weren't doing home learning perhaps, uh, when you um, leave the classroom for a while and you then return, what do you expect to find your students doing? Well, you don't expect them to be just staring at the door waiting for your return, do you? No, you expect them to be 
getting on with the work uh, that you gave them to do. It's exactly the same here with Christ. When Jesus returns, he expects us, he expects to find us doing the work that he has given us uh, of being witnesses for him. And so we can also be confident uh, about getting involved in God's mission because Jesus reigns. Then uh, lastly, uh, we can also be confident because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, uh, we see this back in uh, verse 8. Um, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, of course, there's a lot that we could say about the role of the Holy Spirit in Acts. But the main thing to note, really, is that the Spirit has been given to empower us to be Jesus representatives. Again, it's very easy for us often to get hung up about the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, we can get involved in sort of all sorts of debates about what it means for Christians to speak in tongues or whether we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again uh, after we've become Christians, maybe. But this verse makes it really clear that the main reason why the Holy Spirit was given was to empower us to be Christ's witnesses. Uh, as, again, as we go through the rest of the book of Acts, uh, we see that the Spirit gives us boldness to open our mouths and speak. Uh, it's the Spirit uh, who gives the apostles the words to say. Uh, it's the Spirit who opens people's hearts to receive the message of the gospel. And it's the Spirit who continues to propel the gospel forwards towards the ends of the earth. As we saw uh, earlier on, the uh, Holy Spirit uh, used the conversation of those poor women to bring about the conversion of John Bunyan. And so once again, I think we can be confident as we take the gospel to our friends and colleagues. Uh, not only is it the plan of the Father, uh, nor only is Jesus continuing to reign over the world, but we also have the Holy Spirit living in us, inside us, uh, who empowers us for ministry uh, as we trust in him. And so I think it's really helpful to see from these verses at the beginning of Acts that actually the whole of the Godhead uh, is really focused on accomplishing the great plan of salvation. I hope you noticed that the Father planned it, the Son reigns over it, and the Holy Spirit empowers it. And so how can we not be confident uh, about getting on with the mission uh, when we see that the whole of the Godhead uh, is uh, involved with it? Uh, this passage should really rebuke any thoughts that we may have that missions or evangelism are just sort of optional extras for us if we are Christians. So rather, this shows us that taking the gospel to the nations and to those people around us is something that is right at the heart of who God is and what his plans are to the world. And surely that should deeply move us to get on board with what God is doing. It's why we're here as individuals and it's uh, why we're here as local churches as well. And so I really do hope and pray that all this encourages you uh, in your role as a witness for Christ uh, in this coming week. And no matter what that uh, looks like um, during this time of uh, increased COVID restrictions and uh, anx anxiety, uh, you see, this passage is meant to reassure us uh, we can be confident, uh, not because we have a good plan or because we have such great resources, but because God is in us and God has a plan that he continues to work out through his people now in Hong Kong uh, in exactly the same way as he did uh, in the book of Acts. 
there was a really interesting uh, story in the UK media uh, recently. Uh, so there was a man who was rescued from a cave last November. And you can see a picture of his uh, rescue there. Uh, so this man had been caving and had then slipped and had sort of fallen down a cliff uh, underground. And he was very badly injured and needed to wait a long time in the cave until his rescuers came. I think in the end, he had to wait for more than two days. And it eventually took a team of 250 people to rescue him. Well, a few weeks ago, um, he became a member of the cave rescue team so that he could be involved in helping to rescue other people who needed rescuing. He said it was the least that he could do. They had rescued him, and now he wanted to be involved in rescuing other people. And I think that's just a brilliant picture of uh, evangelism and our involvement in Christ's mission. Uh, if we are Christians, then God has rescued us, and now he calls us to join the team of rescuers, to be his witnesses. Uh, so that we can be involved in uh, rescuing other people. And so maybe this week, let's pray for God's help as we do this. Uh, maybe this morning, we need to ask ourselves, well, have we been rescued by God? Have uh, we received him and asked him to rescue us from our sins? And if we have, then we maybe also need to ask, well, have we joined the rescue team? Are we actively involved in God's mission? Are we actively involved in helping to rescue other people by being witnesses for Christ? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we give thanks for what we have learned from this portion of your word this morning. We give thanks for the great plan that the Father has to reach the nations with the gospel. And we pray that you would help us to play our role in it, both uh, individually and also as a church here in Hong Kong. Uh, may we be those, Lord, that are, are equipped with power from your Holy Spirit uh, to take the good news of salvation to those around us uh, until Christ one day returns. And we ask uh, all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.